Well, good morning to everybody that is online with us live this morning or that maybe you'll be uh, listening or watching to the podcast throughout the week. We're so grateful that you've come to spend a little bit of time with us to listen to the message uh, and hear the prayers that we do together and maybe even uh, some of the music. So my friend AJ is going to go down. So for everybody online and for us in the room, we are lighting the first three candles of the Advent wreath, our linear wreath, the first two purple and the pink one. And so we do that as we are following along in our Advent booklet. And so folks online, if you, ha- if you don't have one of these, as well as our friends in the room, um, come see us this week uh, from Thursday through, uh, Tuesday through Thursday. We'll have folks in the office. And so you can come in, get one in the back. And for everybody that's here in the service right now, uh, feel free to go and grab one of these awesome Advent devotionals and make a donation for that. Follow along with us as we pray and as we uh, do our scriptures. But friends online, thanks so much for being with us. Don't forget to get your communion elements ready. We'll receive communion together uh, after the message. And so uh, we'll just, we'll celebrate this third week of Advent together. Lately I've been reeling, watching the evening news. Don't seem to find the rhythm, just want to sing the blues. Feels like a song that never stops feels like it's never gonna gotta get that fire fire back in my you 
Hey, everybody stand up. Everybody stand up. Go ahead and do what you wanted to do for a minute there, or you didn't want to do. <laughs> All right, you're done. You can sit down. We've had enough of that. <laughs> Talking about joy this morning, third week of Advent. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to jump right into the scripture, if you guys are okay with that. Um, this is the book of Luke chapter 2, and it's the story of the shepherds. Luke chapter 2, starting with verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy. Everyone say great joy. Great joy for all the people. That would include us. Today in the town of David, which is great news. Anyway, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about the child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. That's pretty amazing. Could you imagine you're, you're at your work, uh, you're out in your backyard maybe in the middle of the night, um, or you're at your work and then all of a sudden a bunch of angels showed up, messengers, and um, you get this message and I just love the response, the joy-filled response in the midst of their fear. Have you ever been afraid but it was like an exciting afraid? Because they were obviously afraid. They were told to not fear. I love that in the scripture when there are these moments where we have to be encouraged to not fear even though, uh, you know, that's a, that's a reality. But the fear is just this amazing supernatural thing that's going on uh, in the moment. But they're being invited into kind of the miraculous and the supernatural. It's C.S. Lewis that said, joy is the serious business of heaven. And that's what I want to just spend a couple of minutes talking uh, about um, and, and just some things that we can learn from, I think, the shepherd's joy and the way that they respond. If you want to write this down, I'm just going to tell you a few things that I see in the Scripture. There's so much, uh, and maybe next week, whether it's Claire or myself, uh, maybe one of us will talk a little bit more about Mary. But we're talking about the shepherds here and their response and there's just some beautiful things that I think they teach us. I think they teach us to be attentive. 
I think they teach us to be open, and I think they teach us to be responsive. I think we see that clearly here. Um, The scripture says that they were keeping watch over their flocks. When it comes to joy, joy is an interesting thing. It's an internal work that God does in us. Um, And we'll talk a little bit more about that as we go on, that joy, unlike, as Don said, unlike happiness, happiness is is a great thing. I love to be happy. Don't you love to be happy? But joy is deeper than happiness. Uh, Happiness is more circumstantial. Joy is something uh, that goes on in the inside of us. And whether things are happening that seem happy or things are happening that may not seem happy, you can still be joyful. That's kind of the point. Joy is deeper. Joy is something that has more traction in our lives than happiness. Uh, So what we see here is the shepherds, that they're attentive to their work. It's really important. They're not at the temple. uh, They're not in a Bible study, although it's great when uh, those things happen. And we're in this Sunday morning gathering together. This is a beautiful moment for all of us, right? To be here together, to be online watching what's going on and participate in the service. This is an important part of our week. But in this moment, it's what we mostly do, most of us do most of the time, and that is they're just keeping their flocks. They're going about their normal, everyday walking around life. And that's where we can find joy the majority of the time, that joy comes in our normal life. C.S. Lewis, again, he put it this way, you can't really find joy. He said, joy finds you. Ronald Rollheiser says, joy can never be induced, cranked up, can't be made to happen. It's something that you find within yourself, in your ordinary, duty-bound, burdened, full of worries, stressed out, pressure-filled life. And that is the truth. That is the power of, you know, the movies, like, I love it, Don said, we're going to sing some uh, Christmas carols that are connected to scripture, and we love that about this time of year. We love certain movies um, because of just the the spiritual principles that kind of underlie these things. And I think that this is one of the things you find when you watch something like It's a Wonderful Life, that here's this guy and this family, and they're going about their life. They're just trying to do good and be good people. And there's this underlying pervading joy that at some point in their life, especially in George's life, if you've seen It's a Wonderful Life, uh, if you haven't, I don't know that you could be a Christian if you haven't seen it yet. But anyway, um, check it out. But anyway, at one point, he's ready to give up the joy that, that resides in him until he's awakened to his normal, everyday, difficult, full of stress life in a way that he realizes how beautiful and how important his life is. You and your normal, everyday, stressed out, busy life are so vital to the kingdom of God. You matter And there is a reason to have joy around that. You can have joy while you're sitting in your office, while you're sitting in your car, while you're cutting your grass or shoveling your snow, while you're raking your leaves, while you're paying your bills. Consider your life. I love the song that Jeff and the team just let us in. Consider your life. Think about the years. Think about your family and your health. Claire... Uh, has been not feeling well. She's, she's definitely on the men feeling a lot better, but 
for about 10 days, hasn't been feeling well. So yesterday was the first time she felt up to uh, in over a week and just to get out of the house. Um, I think it was just more she wanted to get away from me for a few minutes. So away she went, and I was overwhelmed um, as I was just reading through Scripture. I just began to be overwhelmed with the goodness of my life. It was just a normal day. It was just, we were just hanging out around the house. Didn't win the lotto yesterday. Didn't play the lotto. Nothing super special like that happened. None of, none of, you know, nothing extraordinary happened. But I began to realize that God, it is so good to be alive. Did you, have you ever felt that? That's joy. It is just so good to be alive. You have been good to me, God. You have been present. You ever have that feeling? It just kind of hits you once in a while. That is God's joy, the joy of the Lord. The scripture says in Nehemiah, that is our strength. I loved, uh, I, was, I started coaching basketball with one of our grandsons uh, the other day. I was invited to be an assistant on his team, so the coach asked me. I came there, and I loved one of the things the coach uh, said to the kids, third through fifth graders, and you know, some of them have been playing for a while, and they're pretty skilled, and then some of them, it's like, this is a basketball, um, and they're, they're at that level, you know, they're trying to learn that, and I love one of the things the coach said to him, he said, now, you are not going to become a great basketball player if you think you're just, you're just going to come to practice and, and become great. You, what I want to do is do teach everything I can during practice, but I want you to go home and practice. I want you to learn things that you can do at home. And this is the essence of a Christ follower obtaining joy. We come together. We have these beautiful moments of celebration together. But we're here to learn a few drills, some practices, and then we're encouraged to take it home. You will not be magnificently filled with joy if you're counting on an hour and a half on a Sunday to fill that void. It's not enough. We need to be in God's presence, which leads to the second thing that the shepherds teach us is to be open. The first thing they teach us is just to be attentive, just to go about your life understanding that at any moment... God could break through in a supernatural way, but every moment really is supernatural. God's present in every one of your moments and my moments. Be attentive to that. And then along with that, be open. I love how they're awed and they're accepting of this. It's almost without hesitation, it seems, the scripture tells us. The angels say, we bring good news that will bring great joy. Now, we read this stuff, and we think that this is just easy, but I wonder how, how open we are to, to hear from God that way. Like that, that the God of the universe, if somehow wanted to break into our day, are we open to what God might want to do today in us? While we're going about our regular, everyday life, it's one thing to be attentive but then you have to be open to what God is inviting you to. These folks, these shepherds are attentive, working their job. They're paying attention, trying to do their best as far as we know. The angels show up. They're open to respond to it. 
They're open. They're accepting of the miraculous. I think one of the questions for us is, for each one of us, is how open are we to God doing something significant in me and around me? How open are, are you? How open am I? If God really wanted to do something this significant, would I be ready to be surprised by the joy of God at that level? It's beautiful the way that they respond. See, because we can assume that everybody responded, but they didn't. When you read through the account of what happens when Jesus comes to the earth, there's a lot of people that miss it. The majority of people aren't paying attention. They're not open to what's going on. It's an important question for all of us. The innkeeper, in some ways, isn't paying attention. Herod is not paying attention. The religious leaders are definitely not paying attention. The citizens of Jerusalem and Bethlehem and Nazareth as a whole, the vast majority of them are not paying attention to the miraculous thing that's happening. So it's a good question. I don't think that it was full. All these people were just bad people wanting to ignore what God was doing. They just weren't paying attention and weren't open to what God was trying to do. See, because what happens sometimes is we can think, you know what, my life's not really important enough. God only does those kinds of things for important people. Well, that's why it's so cool that these are shepherds. Now, shepherds in the Old Testament, they were kind of important. They seemed to be pretty important people. They seem to, there's some pretty prominent people in the Old Testament that show up as shepherds, right? Abel, he's, he's a shepherd. Abraham's a shepherd. Isaac's a shepherd. Jacob's a shepherd. Moses is a shepherd. David is a shepherd. And of course, God is the good shepherd, right? So that's pretty good stuff, pretty good company to be in but not so much in the first century. There were the lepers that were considered unclean, don't allow them around, and then just above the lepers were the shepherds. The unclean shepherds. Why not you? Why not me? Why why wouldn't God show up and bring joy into our life? I believe that God plans on doing that really every day in some way or another in our life. That's what the scripture says here. It says we bring good news and we bring great joy. And that's for all of us every day, that God's good news is for all of us every day. Why not you? We need to be open. We need to pay attention. Claire and I, we were out of town a few weeks ago and uh, we were in Grand Rapids And at one point, um, we were in a hotel one night. We woke up in the morning, and there was this amazing rainbow, just like this awesome rainbow. Uh, That picture doesn't do – that was a picture we took out of our hotel room. Uh, It really doesn't do great justice to it, but, man, it was amazing. And then uh, our son and daughter-in-law, they live on the other side of Grand Rapids, and they saw what we're assuming is kind of the other end of the rainbow, so we should have checked for a pot of gold. Anyway, we were – we were, we were like amazed, and it stayed there. Claire and I just kind of stood in awe of this rainbow. So then, of course, we were so excited about it, and Claire like started asking people in the hotel, did you see the rainbow? You know, people were like, well, I heard about the rainbow, but I didn't see the rainbow. And, and we were like amazed you didn't see the rainbow. Like, how could you not have seen the rainbow? How much more? But this is what happens. We, and that's a rainbow. That's not God showing up to earth, right? 
It's not Jesus in a manger. Be open. And then be responsive. See, joy, we don't, we don't, we, we get joy imparted to us by God. But I love this about the shepherds. They're attentive, they're open, and then they're responsive. The scripture says they hurried off. And then it says later in that same verse, then they spread the word. They just were so excited. They really did have joy. Something significant happened in their life. There was a shift that happened in their lives that night. They received, they experienced, they saw, and then they shared. See, we attain joy by giving it. When the shepherd's joy really gets cemented, it's when they respond. It's not until they respond, because that's really how joy kind of explodes in our life is by sharing it, sharing the joy that we've been given. See, unselfish living produces joy. David White says that joy is practiced generosity. I love that. Joy is practiced generosity. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. It's God's generosity to a world that is waiting, that that Jesus comes to the earth. See, the secret to joy expanding in your life and mine is that we shift focus off of ourself, off of ourselves and onto God and onto other people. Again, back to old movies, you know. This is the attraction of the Christmas carol. Ebenezer Scrooge. That suddenly there's this shift that happens and joy begins to explode in his life when he begins to see that he needs to shift focus off of himself onto others. I'm going to ask uh, my friend and our friend, Jeff Anderson. Let's hear it for Jeff to come on up with me for a minute. Yeah. So um, anyway, as Jeff comes up, I... Some people wonder, like, why we go out of our way to create opportunities for giving around not just Christmas, but other times in the year. But we're just talking about Christmas right now. And part of the reason, this is part of the reason, is the practice of joy expanding in all of our lives. And one of the, reason, one of the ways it expands is when we live generously as a community. And it creates a, a greater level of joy in our, our lives individually, but also as a community. There is nothing more uh, joy-inspiring and increasing in your life and mine than when we participate in the generosity of God toward other people. So I was talking to Jeff the other day, and he just shared a story with me about when he and Aaron and their family first started coming to Crossroads. And what kind of some of the things that were going on and one of the things that attracted them was the food pantry. So I've asked Jeff just to share a couple things with us about it. So we've been with, the, uh, with Crossroads for about five years now. Uh, it became home instantly. So be, prior to even coming to uh, church uh, at Crossroads, we went to our a marriage life group. And that's how we got introduced to, uh, to the Crossroads family. Shortly after that, we started... We came and helped out at Food Pantry, and Aaron and I talked about it. We just, not only is it, 
you know, the church is very nurturing with our spirits and our hearts, but now we're feeding the community too. So we're, we're nourishing the community and all over the place with our hearts, our heads, and now with our stomachs. And it is, uh, it is an amazing feeling. So if, I'm sure everyone in here has helped, you know, we've all helped people, and the feeling you get from that is, is just incredible. We'll take that and compress it into three hours. In three hours, we're feeding 80 families. And the feeling you get from that is tremendous. It's an incredible deal, and uh, it, uh, it truly brings, brings joy to our family. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. So one of the things you mentioned to me, Jeff, was when you guys first came, um, how that was a piece that really helped you guys kind of get affirmed that you wanted to be a part of Crossroads was just being able to to connect with the food pantry. And I love that. I love that because I think that's really what we're talking about is what that did internally in you, right? We talk about all time around here, all of us, like when you're giving, you know you're receiving more than you're giving because it's, this is the truth of it, is joy, God, in, see, joy is not, is not uh, a thing. Joy is a person. Joy is connected to our relationship with Christ. So then when we respond like Christ, what happens is that begins to in, increase in our life. That's what's so attractive about it, is the spirit of Jesus in us, that joy-filled, generous spirit in Jesus. And when we connect with that, it's like there's nothing like it, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, we not only talk the talk here in Crossroads. I mean, we, we act. We, you know, we provide a need that people have, and it's, uh, that's what drew us in. We, we want to be involved in something that we are actually producing, and you can see the fruits of our labor, and, and it's, it's just an amazing deal. Uh, it, this, this, is, this is home. Yeah. Yeah, let's hear it for Jeff. Amen? Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, so we were talking with um, Jeff and Aaron and... Um, and Peggy and Daniel the other night talking about tomorrow night food pantry. Um, this is our Christmas food pantry outreach. Now, this is what's happened, guys, because we've all been living through this crazy last couple years, right? So what happened with the pantry, we had to do a lot of different kind of reformatting things. Uh, and now we're moving back to uh, one of the things that happened was our numbers went way down, which is in a lot of ways a good thing, right? That's if people are getting fed, that's, an, that's what we want, right? Um, we think, we're not sure, we think that it's some other benefits that they were getting. Some of those things are shifting for people. So our numbers are beginning to go back up. We have, we have turned the corner into, if you've ever been in here for a food pantry uh, outreach night, you know that uh, in the past, this is more like a grocery store. We had gotten away from that. Um, and we're going to begin to move back toward that. Uh, so because we are, as, as Jeff said, the numbers are headed up. They're going back up. So we need kind of all hands. 30% last we need, month. Yeah, it went up 30% last month. We're assuming it'll be up even more this month. So listen, this is what we need. We need all hands on deck to try to tap into the joy that only can be offered to a community that needs it so desperately through the people that already have it in their life, right? So we're just asking you guys if you can help out tomorrow night. We would love for you to be here. Um, Peggy, what time would tomorrow night be? Uh, 4.30. 4.30. 
4.30 or 5, if you could get here. If you get here a little bit later, we can get you plugged in. Um, but we want this to be an amazing night for the people in the community that could really use an extra dose of joy in their life during this Christmas season. Sound good? Can we be a part of that? So if you think you can help out, yeah. If you think you can help out, we would love to have you. We need, we need a lot more volunteers than we've been having because things are starting to expand and get back to the way that they were. So happiness, as Don said, is temporary. Joy is something that is long-lasting. It is internal. Happiness, as great as it is, is fleeting. It's temporary. It's circumstantial. Joy is abiding. That's what happens in us. Joy is about not what. This is why it can be pretty happy. You can be pretty happy when you buy a new car, but at some point, that new car loses that beautiful smell or whatever you like about it, and it becomes an older car. But joy is different than that. I invite all of us to open ourselves up to joy in a new way. And I want to I close this and, and just kind of hand it off to Claire as we go into communion with this scripture. And this is what Peter says about joy. It's not on a slide, so I'm just going to read it to you. Just listen up. First Peter 1, 8, and 9. And I think this would be a great scripture for us just to dwell on this week as we meditate on joy. Peter says this, he said, Although you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him. And you rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy. For you are receiving the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So I invite each one of us, even as we take communion today, I invite each one of us, to open ourselves up to the joy of the Lord that is your strength. It's my strength. It's your strength. If you've never asked God to make you aware of his joy, his presence, because joy is God's presence. That's how it manifests in our life. I invite you to do that even today. And for some of you, you haven't been feeling joyous. I invite you to ask God afresh. Say, God, open me to joy. Open my life to the joy that can be found in you. So pay attention, Mm -hmm. stay open, and respond. And respond. Mm -hmm. Can you guys say it with me? Pay attention, attention. stay open, and respond. Um, Can we go back to that one slide with the, the rainbow for a second? Pay attention, stay open, and respond. Um, Our grandson was actually in the hospital uh, in Grand Rapids at the Children's Hospital when this this rainbow showed up and lingered there for 40 minutes. Have you ever seen a rainbow for 40 minutes, you guys? I'm just saying, I'm going to be 60 next month. I have never seen a rainbow for 40 minutes. And, And we were looking out the hotel window And if you know Grand Rapids, like the hospital's here, the rainbow's here, Josiah and Libby's house is over here. Libby can't go because only one parent can go because of COVID. Josiah's in the hospital with Ford. They get this end of the rainbow. We get this end of the rainbow for 40 minutes. And I, you know, yeah, I'm a mystic. I'm not going to apologize to you. (laughs) 
When I saw this rainbow, you guys, I was, I was, my jaw dropped. And so I called Libby. I'm like, there's a rainbow, there's a rainbow. She goes, it's over at my house too. And then I started sending rainbows to people. Everybody that I knew that were praying for things. Like, here's our rainbow. I'm sharing it with you. It's still here, 40 minutes. I started videotaping. Still here. <laughs> still here. Then we thought we, it was like, okay, now it's a double rainbow. Is that a triple rainbow? Oh my gosh, what is going on? You ever see that YouTube video? You can finally get why that guy was amazed. Because there are times you're praying for things, and we need to remember that we're being heard. You know, rainbows, that's my first rainbow, 60 years. I've prayed a lot of prayers, first rainbow during a prayer. But I just want to say to you, it's one of those moments where if we would just pay attention, stay open, and respond. How did that go? pay attention, stay open, and respond. I felt like it was my job to give people rainbows that day. Like, okay, I'm getting the rainbow. It is my job to start sharing rainbows. Everybody that I know that's praying for something that is significant, I'm sending them my rainbow, and I'm just going to pray somewhere under the rainbow for as long as it lasts. And you have no idea how many of your faces came to our minds. We just started praying under the rainbow. And our friend Debbie is going to lead us in the prayers of the people today, friends. You have things you are praying for. We want to pay attention. We want to be open. We want to respond. Like, expect that God is going to meet you in some ways that we need God to meet us today. I'm going to invite you to stand. And I want to pray in a way that we are going to watch for God. Then we'll leave the rainbow up. Can we relieve the rainbow? Oh, no, we can't leave the rainbow up because it's two different PowerPoints. Okay, get the rainbow in your mind for just a minute. And recognize that God has a way of reaching us, friends. God has a way of hearing us. So however you want to pray today, whether you want to pray along um, with, with these prayers, with your voices, whether you want to walk to a candle wall, or make an ornament and hang it. Maybe you want to hang a rainbow and put under that rainbow what you're praying for. I don't know, but let's, let's pay attention and let's respond and, and see what God might do. On this third Sunday of Advent, we position ourselves to become the joy of God. The joy that is greater than happiness. It is not temporary. It is not fleeting. It is eternal and built on all who God is. Let's take a few moments to remember the joy that only comes from God and to ask God how we can spread joy to the world. Loving God, we know that life has become hard for many of us. We have suffered loss, and we lament the lack of justice and love. Let us remember that each new day is an opportunity to experience the mercy and joy of God. Teach us to look to you for our strength and joy. To the world, the Lord.
bless all who seek refuge on this earth, meet their needs for safety and for home. Move the hearts of your people to show them welcome. Cause wars to cease and bring justice to the nations that no one will need to flee again. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Merciful God, we grieve with communities suffering from disasters as they struggle to recover. Give families strength and perseverance while they rebuild their homes and livelihoods. We pray for disaster survivors to find refuge in you. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let those who have become discouraged be encouraged by the Holy Spirit and the children of God. Let those who experience depression be lovingly surrounded by those who can listen and wait in your presence, your joy, and your peace. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. For those that are in need of healing today, we lift up their names. For those in need of peace and comfort, we lift them to you now. All who need wisdom and direction. Together we pray. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. For all of our outreaches this holiday season, Pastor Carlo and Geraldine, the children of Haiti, Mercy House, Safe Place, sexual assault services crossroads food pantry may we the crossroads family bring the good news that joy indeed has come let's pray in the way that jesus taught us our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare you room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. Let us. 
prepare to take communion, we remember that bread and wine are a way for us to pay attention, to stay open, and to respond. haven't gotten your elements, feel free to do that. And even as you're going to get them, just remember to pay attention, to stay open, and to respond. First, we pay attention to the bread. And we remember, Jesus, that on the night you were betrayed, you took bread and you broke it. And you said, take this, all of you, and eat. This is my body broken for you. And every time you eat, remember me. Can we just say, Jesus, we remember you. We're paying attention, we're open, and we're responding as we eat this bread together. Jesus, as we hold the cup, we pay attention, we stay open, and we respond. On the night that you were betrayed, after supper, you took the cup and you lifted it up. And you said, take this, all of you, and drink. This is the cup of the new covenant, the covenant written in my own blood. And every time you drink, remember. And Jesus, we just say, we remember you. Jesus, we remember you. We pay attention. We stay open. And we respond. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Let humans their song employ. While fields and floods, while fields and rocks, hills and plains, and plains. Repeat the sounding joy.
thank you, God, for joy to the world that is in our mouth and in our hearts today, and that we bring that joy far as the curse is found. Everywhere we see sadness and difficulty and pain and all that is wrong in the world, God, may we bring the joy of the Lord and bring strength to people. We just say joy. We want to bring joy. We want to bring joy to people and even the people in our hearts and our minds right now that need your joy. Joy to the world. Joy to the world. Joy to the world. Let that be what's in our mouth and offer to people. May we find ways to bring your joy, God, we pray. So at the end of that song, somebody put up the words to... um, all the fishes in the deep blue sea and joy to you and me. Did you guys see that? You guys know that song, Joy to the World? All the boys and girls. Joy to Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Was a good friend of mine. Oh, we don't sing that line. But then, but it goes, joy to the world. Come on. That's all right. Joy to the fishes in the deep blue sea. Joy.